And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, and today we're going to be speaking with Tom Soselka who is the founder and the president of TC Public Relations in Chicago and has worked in PR, marketing, and business development for more than 25 years. I'm an attorney and a partner with the law firm of Malkin Baker. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning to not-for-profit administration and defending religious freedom. You can find out more about us by going to MalkBaker.com. That's M A U C K. B-A-K-E-R.com, or call us at 312-726-1243. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on developments about faith and law. TC Public Relations is a dynamic team of communications professionals with a mission to provide excellence in public relations services. Tom is committed to managing each client's mission, vision, and brand of developing media strategies, crisis communication plans, and public campaigns. Tom, I say welcome back to the show because you are not a newcomer to this show, and nor are you a newcomer to our office. Actually, we have been one of your clients from time to time, (laughs) and often I refer clients to you um, when they get into a a crisis management situation, sometimes when we're doing zoning and we need public relations. uh, We've used your services a lot, so welcome back to the show. Uh, With one other thing I should mention, Uh, Tom is a a wonderful, dedicated believer, and and that shows up in everything that he does for his clients uh, and in the way he loves. So, Tom, tell us a little bit beyond what I've said. Tell us a little bit about your practice and what you're doing. Sure. Well, uh, people often ask, well, what do you do? And the most important— Tom, what do you do? What do I do? (laughs) Right. And uh, people say, what's our most important? valuable asset for a business or a company or even a, a nonprofit or a church. And it's really the reputation. Well, isn't that actually for all of us, even personally? Absolutely. Rep- reputation is, is just yeah. everything. I remember years ago, uh, there was a crisis with uh, business ethics. And everybody, you, all of a sudden, you started seeing all the master's programs, the MBA programs, including courses on ethics. And they asked John Maxwell, who is a Christian leader in business leadership, and they said to him, well, what do you think about business ethics? And he says, I don't know anything about business ethics. I'm paraphrasing here. But either you have them or you don't. So whether you have them in business, in your personal life, at church, ethics or ethics. You know, it's interesting that you mention that because I think of the difference between image and reality. Mm. And so often um, people are wanting to create an image, but they're not really interested in what's behind that image. I always remember um, at one time Ford the quality goes in before the name goes on. And I, I bought a Ford and, and I was in litigation over its engine for 10 years. I kept thinking the image doesn't match what's what's happening in the service department and what's happening in terms of, of caring for my car and for the customer. So so let's talk about how, how what do you do with clients in this regard? Well, well, typically people call us for you know one of three reasons. You mentioned earlier, Rich, you, you've worked with some churches where there's a crisis communication situation. And those have been things like where there had been a child abuse situation and 
Uh, that was really difficult. We had another one we called you on, which was there was a fire at a Christian camp. Uh, there had been injury, and how, how are we going to deal with that? Things like that we've called you for. Yeah, well, recently I had a, a, a business in a suburb outside of Chicago where uh, the owner, the CEO, founder, very closely held, privately held business, uh, it turns out the owner had several DUIs, and he just had one too many and was about to go to prison. And so the, the leadership team called me up and says, you know, our founder, CEO, very close to the customer, very close to the bank line of, uh, you know, uh, their uh, credit line. <laughs> yes. What are we going to do? He's going to prison in about six weeks. How do we prepare for this? So that was something we had a little more time to get them ready for that type of crisis. Uh, we seem to have that with the Tesla founder right now, sort of a, sort of a similar <laughs> Uh, crisis management mode and image mode that they're working with. Well, I think I think he's probably been smoking pot a long lot longer than he was when he was on that uh, podcast and or the radio program in California. So obviously, it's just coming to coming due in his case. You know, that's really interesting that you raise that and and um, coming due in his case. It seems in this there, there's a scripture which says this: what you do in secret will be shouted from the mountaintops, mm-hmm. and I, or the rooftops, actually. And I think about that a lot with so much of the news that we see today. So many things that were done in secret, uh, both in the secular realm and in the religious realm. I'm thinking of uh, Bill Hybels, for instance. What you do in secret will be shouted from the housetops. How, mm-hmm. how as a media manager, do you look at that? Well, what I find is you have to, to listen to what people are saying and what, the, what what's really behind it. So when you talk about secret, a lot, I have found, for example, in the political realm, there's really not many secrets. And what I mean by that is, is that because we can know so much about our politicians long before we get to uh, the polling booth, we can know about their background, we can know people who worked with him, and we can sort through it to decide what is real news about them, what is fake news. So for example, the other day I was walking down the street and I saw J.B. Pritzker. And so I, he was having a press conference, and I was listening to him talk. And one of the reporters asked him, uh, so where are you in, on legalizing marijuana? And uh, basically, he didn't answer the question at first. Well-trained media guy, of course. And what he said was, he talked about, we need to fund our hospitals, our schools. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but he's talking about things that everybody would agree with. And as a PR professional, that's what I tell my clients. You want to talk about things that people will agree with. And no one really pushed back on, well, wait a minute, what about the consequences we've seen in other states where the Colorado police are up in arms because they've legalized marijuana? Uh, but he came back with, well, you know, we'll learn from their mistakes, but at the same time, uh, uh, it's, it's going to be good because it's going to be adding to our tax base, not even thinking about what it's going to mean to the individuals it's going to harm. And the tax base in terms of trying to fix the harms that are, are happening. Right. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malkin Baker. And today we're talking with Tom Saselka. And we're here discussing the importance of recognizing fake news. So you just raised this thing about fake news and and all this. How? Uh, tell us more about what you see going on in this area. Well, I think the bigger issue is not necessarily just fake news because you know fake news used to years ago was a term called yellow journalism, where essentially people would report in such a way to destroy other people, to hurt other people, and to basically disseminate lies. And we certainly remember this or half truths actually that that end up. Yeah, well, I don't believe in half-truths. Okay. You know, it's either it's a truth, truth or, or it's not a okay. truth, right? Okay. I mean, it's sort of like if, if you have a, a, a bucket of pure water and you put in one grain of salt, that is no longer a pure bucket of water. It's got some salt in it, and therefore it is no longer pure. And that's what I see in this case. I think the bigger issue is one distortion of the news. 
Interestingly, just a couple months ago, the European Union actually passed a resolution uh, wanting to pursue people who put out distorted news. Now, there are a lot of words that kind of could sound um, synonymous with each other or similar in some ways. So we talk about fake news, we talk about distorted news, and we talk about media bias. And I think the most uh, heinous is is really media bias, because you need discerning uh, consumers of media to know where the bias is. Our firm has done a lot in First Amendment. And so whenever I hear about the government regulating fake news, it really scares me because then whatever they determine is fake news becomes uh, the fake news. And it, it gives them a, a tremendous power. I look at Google today mm-hmm. and we've just been reading about the – what? how do you do it? Um, alleg- algorithms and how um, they've decided – to slant them in, in particular directions, uh, particularly for their candidates and the policies that they think are are important, like um, anti-immigration or open borders or things like that. So um, how, what do we do with all this as, as consumers? You mentioned consumers. Yeah. How, well, how well, do we cons- deal with this? Well, I, I think you know we, we always talk about wanting to have an educated consumer. And uh, Stanford University did a study in recent years where they surveyed about, I think, about 8,000 uh, middle school uh, students. And 80% could not distinguish between what was news and what was paid or sponsored uh, content. Now, of course, most of this is on Facebook, uh, but we also see this even on Yahoo. A lot of times you're, you're in the Yahoo news page and you're kind of looking down through the, uh, the news items. And they're all kind of listed in a certain way. And then in very small print, it'll say advertisement. Mm-hmm. And yet the headline will certainly sound like something like, you know, new discoveries for uh, cancer research using yes. uh, natural means. And then, of course, it goes through to, you know, some some sales thing. I mean, I, I, something I just read today, which I, I thought was quite alarming. You know, in California, they just signed a law that public companies are required I just read to have women yes. on their on their boards. Right. Now, you might just say, you know, in the scheme of the Me Too movement. Wow. Yeah, let's get some leadership that shows balance. You know, not, that's not how have all these men on the boards. Let's have some balance. But do you realize that you're now telling private corporations who they can and cannot have on their boards? And that's real news. And that what's going to come out of that is all this other news about the Me Too movement. And that, that's a good thing. And so people are going to be circulating this good thing that's happening in California and not digging deeper. And as you said, with some of the cases you deal with civil rights and government encroachment, uh, on the private citizens. Uh, Tom, you're, you're uh, entering into an area that's uh, something of really deep concern to us here in this firm, and, and we deal with religious freedom. And of course, that same issue comes and has been before the U.S. Supreme Court with regard to who can be your clergy. Uh, again, the government beginning to interfere with, with um, the private sector and determine uh, who can be the leadership, which then becomes the question of um, if they can control leadership, they can control the entire corporation and, and you lose free speech, you lose just about everything you've got. So so how do you parse it out between fake news and real news when you hear a headline like that? What are you going to do with that? Well, I think it goes back to what I mentioned earlier regarding the uh, Stanford uh, Graduate School study with the, uh, with the uh, middle school students. We have response. The Bible tells parents that they have a responsibility to raise up their kids. And we think about it in the Old Testament where it says, talk to them about... God in the morning, talk to him when you're walking on the, on the way, talk to him when you go to bed at night. And one more thing you got to talk to him about is how they consume their news, where they get their information, and how to discern because we are told to test every spirit. The Bible tells us that, including the news. 
Coming up, we will be talking further with Tom about how to be aware of fake news and bias in the media and what we can do to protect ourselves. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner with the law firm of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Tom Saselka of TC Public Relations about recognizing fake news. Uh, Tom, we were talking before the break about the responsibility of a parent, and in particular a Christian parent, uh, in teaching their kids about how to deal with the news. Uh, you're a parent. How, what are you doing with your kids? Well, we're doing a lot of things. And one is, well, first of all, we homeschool. And I realize homeschooling is not for every, you know, for every parent uh, or every family. But well, let me of- stop you right there. I'm a homeschooler, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a, certainly a minority. Why are you homeschooling? And, and how does that have to do with the news and what you're doing? Well, it has a lot to do with the news because uh, a lot of times textbooks are being rewritten to be politically correct. And so even when we're giving our, our children uh, textbooks and books, even from we consider trusted Christian sources, we're obviously reading it with them. Uh, you know, recently we were um, uh, traveling down to St. Louis and we stopped at the uh, Lewis and Clark uh, expedition site, actually in Illinois. And uh, one of the things was I talked to some of the experts there and, they, and I asked them, what are the three myths about Lewis and Clark and the whole expedition that, and he, I don't, again, I don't want to be, a, I'm not a historian here, but the point was, so many of these historical myths are just, that's what they are, they're, they're myths. So what we do in homeschooling is we, a lot of times we can, we can test those and compare that to what we learned as children. We can look at multiple sources, and you may not have that opportunity uh, in the school curriculum. And that's the same thing with the news. You know, if you're only reading uh, Huffington Post, if you're only reading the Chicago Tribune, if you're only reading the Wall Street Journal, if you're only reading the New York Times, uh, even as an adult, you realize, oh, wait a minute. You know, just the other day, I was in the in the working out at the gym, and there were two screens up. One had CNBC and one had Fox News. One had a story about how President Trump was doing a terrible thing. The other one had a story about how President Trump was doing a great thing at the top of the hour. They know that's the time that most people are watching at the opening to grab them based on their audience. And so, what? Do we, how do we bring that down to our to our children? And that's the way we do it. We we help them discern even as they are learning in schools. And their classrooms. So whether they homeschool, whether they public school, even if they go to a Christian school, because let's face it, even Christians don't agree on a lot of issues uh, in how the church is managed or what the Bible says on That's various topics. That's absolutely true. Always a concern. So we talked a little bit about the kids, and then immediately I thought, well, how do I deal with it? Now, of course, I have my news sources that I listen to, and and you're recommending a variety of news sources. Not all of the same opinion. Is, is that how you approach it? Absolutely. I, I've worked with some very respected Christian leaders. And one of the things they first tell people is, you know, if you read, let's say, the Christian Post, you should also read the Huffington Post. Why? Because you can learn something about the other side. You can understand their arguments. And certainly one of the things that we need to do, whether we're adults or even as children, is sort of the apologetics for defending our faith or defending the truth in the public space. And one of the ways you do that is you start learning about the arguments that the other side is making. And in some cases, you might be influenced for the good of something that you're having your own bias as a Christian. Well, let me give you an example of that, and I'll come back to this idea of the truth. Um, The issue of immigration and the issue of how the United States was handling children— um, I tended to follow a, a straight conservative Trump line about immigration, and the more I dug into it and the more I talked with my wife and others, I said, you know what? Wait a minute. 
there is an obligation to children that's different than what I've been thinking about. And what are we doing about that? So I would agree with you. There's uh, there's a lot of uh, you, you can't hear just one side. Times times a problem. How do we do that? I, my my sources would be more Fox News and uh, the Wall Street Journal kind of thing. How do how do I balance out so that I'm getting a bigger perspective? Well, the way you balance out is is that you have to think about where they're starting from. Because you see, one of the major problems is is that there. You know, if, if you ask me, what are some of the major issues we have to face with media bias or disinformation? Is there's probably three or four things to keep in mind. Number one is corporate control. Right. We know that there's only maybe five or six corporations, whether it's Disney, Comcast, uh, uh, CBS, that are controlling most of the media. And that's even true on the conservative side. For example, EWTN, which is the Catholic News Service, controls the National Catholic Register, EWTN TV, EWTN Radio. And those are all good places, you know, particularly for people of the Catholic faith. But at the same time, you realize there's a consolidation. So you have to realize that even if you're going to several places, it might be coming from the same parent. Secondly, those places aren't always necessarily going to uh, come against their own uh, individual uh, supporters and sponsors. We had a case in in Minnesota that was going against uh, Native Americans, which were because they have tribal courts, but and they were doing something wrong to the children in in uh, Minnesota. Unfortunately, the mainstream media didn't pick up on this bad news about how children were having uh, abuse issues in the Native American uh, court system. Why? Because so many of the major news outlets get money from the casinos run by the Native American Indians in Minnesota. So there you go. Well, wait a minute. We got to think about even how the advertisers, you know, play a role in what is said and what is not said. When you say that, that's all the more reason for not having a government or a central control for the dissemination of, of news because those biases will factor in and and always have an effect on on what's said and what's not. Well, if I can just add to that is one of the, the other major culprit is what news has become infotainment, right? So when you're watching the news, it's not like when it traditionally was the news reporter just simply sit still, give you the facts, maybe show a couple of videos and then give you a couple more facts and you'd have a two or three minute news story if you're talking about the six o'clock news. Now it's all about entertainment. Pew Research Center uh, some years back started monitoring people's personal bias. And years ago, even if you were conservative or liberal, there's a little bit more of a balance. You kind of talked about this earlier, Rich. You, you might consider yourself more conservative, but you go, hmm, I'm going to think a little differently about immigration and children. Well, now that's changed. You do have the polarization and the market, the media market will follow what the customer once, why is the media becoming more biased or, 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 or left or right or polarized? Because the population has become that way and they're feeding them what they want to eat. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker. We're speaking with Tom Siselka about how to better discern the accuracy of the news uh, and in a way how to live in this very, very polarized society in which news is becoming more and more polarized. Mm -hmm. How do we keep an open mind? How do we seek, uh, as Christians, the truth? So you had talked about truth. Um, how do you see truth uh, playing out in the media today? Well, I, well, the truth, you, you kind of alluded to that earlier. We talked about half-truth, and my point was there is no such thing. It's either truth or it's, or it's a non-truth. You know, we think about a, a postmodern society where truth just sort of just kind of disappears in our in our popular culture. Uh, the way I see that playing out is particularly as Christians is we know that the Bible, we know the Hebrews tells us in thirteen eight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So while the Bible was certainly written in a different time and agrarian culture, 
we do know that that's the truth and that everything that Jesus told us and everything that was written from Genesis to Revelation can apply to how we understand information. And we certainly saw this. I mean, you, you look at the life of uh, King David and how different messages are going back between him and the Philistines and, and the people who are opposed to him. And you go, where is the truth here? Is he for Saul? Is he against Saul? You know, so we, we, the Bible gives us clear direction on what happened and what was communicated you know, back then. A lot of times truth gets twisted only for someone's own benefit. You know, we certainly see this with Abraham and saying that his wife was really his sister to protect his own hide, right? So people in the Bible are doing this, how much more so in popular culture and media that we need discernment. And quite frankly, you know, the, uh, scripture tells us to pray about everything. And we can certainly pray about, particularly when the news is going to have us make an important decision in our lives, whether it be the elections, uh, what we're going to teach our children, uh, perhaps even how we're going to take care of our take care of our bodies with medical treatment, and not necessarily just believe the latest headlines to talk about whether something is good or bad for you. You know, we, we'd been talking, and and that that biblical truth comes back to me more and more. Uh, and I've been thinking about this a great deal with uh, the Senate hearings that have been taking place. Um, what you do in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had a culture since the '60s which really has said that, you know, none of these things with regard to sexual morality matter. It's all a personal choice and we're all the same anyway. And, but now we're beginning to see, no, that's not. And it seems to me that the, oftentimes the Me Too movement is really a reflection of God's truth that when you mess with these kinds of things that God has given us and how he created us, there always are consequences that come from it. Ma, I'll give you one consequence in the mainstream media. Uh, People today consider the Associated Press to be one of the most trusted uh, media sources in the world. Why? Because most newsrooms no longer have the staff they had 10 years ago. So when you're reading the Chicago Tribune or the Sun-Times or even some other major media outlets, they're getting the news from uh, the Associated Press. Uh, Recently, the Associated Press uh, had a a conversation on, on a Twitter chat and talking about what they call the Associated Press style book. And they said, we are no longer going to say someone was born, born male or female, boy or girl. We are going to say that when they become a, uh, uh, when they transition to be transgendered, that they are now confirming their gender, which means that when they came out of their mother's womb and what was between their legs was a lie. You know, I look at it and the scriptures say this, uh, God created uh, man in his image, in the image of God created him male and female. And when we begin to say, no, that's not reality. First of all, we've said God is not the creator. This is not true. But if God is not the creator, who is? And the answer, at least that you just gave under that theory, is that I am my creator. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I see that, I become very, very concerned. It's looking like we're going to be running out of time here. Tell us a little bit of how about people can get a hold of you and uh, your services. Sure. Well, I'm Tom Sasalk with TC Public Relations, and you can certainly uh, go to our website, which is tcpr.net. You're welcome to give us a call at 312-422-1333. Again, that's 312-422-1333. And if you want to drop me an email, please do. It's uh, tc, like Topcat, tc at tcpr.net. Tom, thanks for speaking with us today. We really appreciate uh, your balanced view on the media. Uh, I'm Rich Baker, and I'm with the firm of Malkin Baker. And if you have a legal need or a question, you can reach us at 
1243 or at maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.